Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. And you can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us today and enjoy today's service. Church and welcome you guys would you stand with us this morning as we worship and I just have this huge anticipation I have this huge stirring in my spirit and I know that God has something for you this morning and I know that when my focus and when my attention and when my gaze is completely on him it doesn't matter what's going on over here because I know that my God is bigger and I know that he's fighting on my behalf and I know that he's got it covered. So are you guys ready to enter into worship this morning?
know. I couldn't, I couldn't really fathom. Um, and he did. And, and so I, I felt led to pray for a friend who's been in pain for since March. Um, she's seen a few different therapists to try and help her with, with the physical pain she had in her body. Um, so I started praying and I was like, well, we can always ask. We can, we can ask the Lord to heal it. Um, and, and, but literally here, here's where I was at. Jesus, help my unbelief. Help me trust you. Increase my faith. Help me not doubt you, Jesus. This morning, I'm still saying, Jesus, help me believe you. Jesus, still help my unbelief. Jesus, give me that faith that that miracle really happened. And so we prayed and she was healed. <laughs> and I, and I, it happened yesterday afternoon at our women's retreat and I texted her last night and I said, are you still healed? <laughs> Honestly, that's, that's, that's where my heart is. Jesus, help our unbelief. You are worthy to be trusted. We can trust you, Jesus. We can trust you, God. We believe. We believe, Jesus. We believe in you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.
you are thankful that our God can do anything that he wants, let's give him a shout of praise. And this is what's great about it. It's not just that he can do anything that he wants. He wants to bless us. The Bible shows us that he loves us like a father. And for you parents in this room, you know, there's nothing that, that you wouldn't do for your kids. And that's the way your heavenly father looks at you. There is nothing that he wouldn't do for you. So if you are thankful for our, the fact that our God, he is too good for us to not believe that he can do what he wants us to do, uh, what, what he wants to do for us. Would you pray with me right now? Heavenly Father, as we gather in this room, we gather in your precious son Jesus' name. And we pray right now that you would meet with us, that you'd be glorified, that you'd watch over us. And I pray right now as we get into your word, as we give to you, as we, as we spend this time just sitting in your presence, that you would meet with us right now and speak to us, open our eyes to see, open our hearts to hear, and help us, God, as we're in this series to get stronger. Help us get stronger, not by our own physical strength, but by your spirit, God. Be with us today, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Let's give them one more shout of praise. I'm going to ask you to be seated, but before you do, find someone next to you and tell them, man, you look good today. <laughs> Looking good today. It could be a lie, but um, we're just encouraging one, one another. I'm just teasing. We're so glad that each of you are here today as you're getting settled into your seat. I want to welcome all of you that are joining with us online. Thank you so much for joining with us online. Uh, if you, this is your first time to, uh, to meet with us or if you've never contacted us before, we would love the opportunity to reach out, talk to you, get to know you a little bit and answer any questions you might have. So just text the word he, uh, fellowship, sorry, text the word fellowship to 94000 and uh, we will get you information. If you're in this room with us and uh, you're visiting with us today, we're not going to stand you up and embarrass you or do anything like that. Uh, we just want to invite you to stop by our information booth that you walked past in the lobby. Tell us that you're visiting with us. We'll give you a free drink from our bookstore um, and in our coffee shop as well as answer any questions you might have. We also would love the opportunity to invite you to one of our guest receptions where our staff and my wife and I will be there to um, kind of uh, introduce ourselves and, and, and meet you, answering questions that you might have really more than anything. We love to just match a face with the name and, um, and get to know you a little bit. But thank you so much uh, for being here. We got a very special service plan, so I want to I wanna kind of keep moving through this part right now. This is the time in our service where we're going to continue worshiping God with giving him our tithes and offerings. And I'm not hurrying this because this is very important. It, it is a means in which, the Bible tells us, it's a means in which we can obey him and set ourselves up to be blessed by him. Does that mean if you're giving your tithes, which means 10%, that all of a sudden you're going to become rich? No. It doesn't mean that. And I think so many people get messed up by that. They, they get confused. They think, well, I, I tithed and it didn't work. What, what didn't work? Well, I, my lottery ticket didn't. Like, I, I keep buying lottery tickets and I keep tithing and I'm still broke. No, that is not how it works. 
The Bible says that he will open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing on you. What happens when you open windows? Light comes in. You can see clearly, right? And maybe what God wants to do, not only take care of you financially and, and provide for you, but maybe he wants to open up some windows and give you clarity in areas that you haven't had clarity in before. So where it was dark and you couldn't see, now all of a sudden you're like, ah, I see it clear as a bell. I understand now. I got it. God can bless you in so many ways. He can give you wisdom. He can give you whatever you need. So on our side screens right now, you see the many different ways that you can give. If you have offerings here with you, you can drop them in our offering drop boxes in the lobby. You can text tithe. You can uh, give online. Easiest way is giving through our church center app, but I want to pray for you right now. If you need financial blessing, put your hand in the air. Let's be honest with our God and let's ask him for help right now as we obey him. We're not just going, God help me. We're going, I'm going to obey you so I can be set up into your promises. So Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for the fact that you give us opportunities to be blessed. And God, we want to be right in line with what you want us to do, that you would you would be glorified with our lives, that you would see we're putting our trust in you, not in lottery tickets, not in our economy, not in anything else. We're putting our trust in you today, God, and I pray that you would help each and every one of us. You know our needs, so please meet our needs, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, we always want you to stay up to date with what we have taking place here, so uh, uh, here's a little video to show you guys a little bit more about what we got going on here at Fellowship Church. There are so many great areas where you can make an impact serving here at Fellowship Church. Here to share a little bit about where he serves, this is Paul Beeler. My name is Paul Beeler, and I've been coming here at Fellowship Church for 15 years, and uh, my daughter, who's two years old, has also been coming with me for the last year and a half, and I volunteer here on Green Team for Kids Church. I'm a single dad, and so finding a place to serve that really fit my schedule, um, they really uh, helped accommodate me for that here at Fellowship. I serve right now in between services for the Kids Church, and they've moved me around a couple of times to help accommodate me and my schedule for my daughter, and it's, it's really been great, and I love being involved in it. The moment that makes my week is when you kind of come upstairs with this, you know, magnificent castle or just through the doors and, you know, you see those kids that get to know you and they just light up and they know you're there to be with them and help them and play with them and interact with them and even possibly share some of the gospel or Jesus with them. To not be afraid of that um, has been really great. If you're scared of getting involved with it, you know, start, start small. They'll have a place for you. They'll fit you in somewhere and um, you can grow for sure. Right now, the second through fifth grade Kids Church is looking for volunteers. They are in need. So if this is a place where you would want to serve, you can sign up on the Church Center app under Serving Opportunities or stop by the Information Center. You can fill out the application and we'd love to hear from you. Three Kings Bible Study Part 2 is coming up on October 27th. The Three Kings Study is Pastor Tim's installments on following the lives of Saul, David, and Solomon through 1st and 2nd Samuel. But it's a really great Bible study to jump into. We're going to live stream it over our website as well as have it in person. So if this is something that interests you, you want to get further into studying out these kings, sign up on the Church Center app or come and visit me over on the west end of the lobby. We can get you registered today. 
The tech team is looking for more volunteers right now, and as someone who's had to jump in on tech team before, I have so much respect for you guys in the room right now. Anybody who has served on that knows it is awesome. You get to like have a camera and this cool little headset, and I love serving in there, and then they told me that they don't want my help anymore. Um, but they do want your help. So there's a couple different positions that they're looking for volunteers, and one of them is video operator or camera operator, also a lyrics operator, as well as lights. So if these are things that interest you, we'd love to hear from you come and talk to us meet us on the west end of the lobby today or you can sign up on the church center app and get the application on there underneath serving opportunities but the tech team needs you so sign up today part three of the stronger series starts right now so enjoy today's message So my grandpa Ed and my grandma Lori were one of those sweet old couples that was still in love after being married for so many years. They would hold hands, they would uh, laugh at each other's jokes that no one else understood, and they would whisper in each other's ears, even when the whispering got so loud that everyone in the room could hear. They were just in love, and there's just something that kind of catches our hearts when we see love that lasts a lifetime, when we see faithfulness that lasts a lifetime. We're drawn to it. And I believe that this morning, God wants us to know that he is faithful. That he is faithful and that his love endures the passing of years and the passing of generations. Our God is faithful. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter three, it says, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you. In the second place, the Bible makes a similar boast. First Thessalonians chapter five says, God will make this happen for he who calls you is faithful. What does it mean when God says that he's faithful? What is he saying? He's saying that like my grandpa, that he's going to be in this for the long haul. It means that God is not looking for some type of weekend plan. He's looking for a 75 year marriage. It means he's trustworthy and genuine. It means that he's honest with you about what he's doing and about how he intends to act. It means that when he makes a promise, he's not just trying to flatter you or trick you into trusting him that he intends to go through and come through for you. It means he's sincere about his love for you. He's sincere in his desire to have a relationship with you. It means he doesn't value someone else as more significant or more important than you. You don't need to follow him around and, and make sure that he's saying what he's doing. When God says that he's faithful, we're saying that he is good for his word that he's saying that he wants to be with you and that he actually means it. He's not intending to break up with you and ditch you because someone better has come along. He's loyal and he has your back. He's not throwing you under the bus to the angels. He's not annoyed with you and rolling his eyes about your behavior behind your back. He's loyal to you and loyal to your best interest and he's not using you. And so if he tells you that, that you should worship him, he, he knows that it's not only good for him, but it's also good for you. 
And if he tells you to be patient and to wait, he knows that he intends to act and in the end, it's gonna be good for you. If he tells you to tithe, he knows that it's not just good for him, that it's also good for you. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 10, he who promised is faithful. God promised to care and nurture and be involved in your life. He promised to come to your rescue and to support you. And he is good for that promise. Because God is faithful, we can grow stronger in trust. We can trust him. The Lord never promised an easy, carefree life. Nowhere in the Bible will you find a passage that says that life is just gonna be rainbows and unicorns and glitter and sunshine, because that would not be real. That's not life as we experience it on this planet. Real life has highs and lows. Real life has good and bad. It has diagnoses and healings. It has divorces and marriages. It has deaths and births. It has layoffs and new jobs. In fact, literally while I was writing this sermon, I had multiple documents open on my laptop. And, and one document was the Google Doc where I was actually typing this message. And another tab had, ser- or had verses about um, God's faithfulness and his ability to keep his promise. And another tab had an email from a doctor with test results for myself that I didn't want to hear. That had words, another tab had words that I was Googling from those test results to see what things actually meant. And I say all this because there's a tension to Christianity. There's a tension to faith and and God's faithfulness. There's a tension to us learning to trust. And the difference between Christ followers and others isn't the absence of problems. It's the presence of God. The difference between us and others isn't the absence of problems, it's the presence of God, that he walks with us through the difficult times, that he's faithful to us. Hebrews 13, five says, for God has said, I will never, never fail you nor forsake you. He's faithful. Even when we don't feel it in the moment, he's faithful. And that's something that each one of us can trust. But what if we mess up? If we mess up, does God stop being faithful? Does he break with us? The Bible literally addresses that fear in 2 Timothy chapter two. It says, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful for he cannot deny who he is. If we're unfaithful, he is still faithful because he can't deny who he is. It's like, I'm human. I can't deny it. I can't stop existing by being, I can't change the essence of who I am as a human being. It's literally who I am. And God cannot change the essence of who he is because of our actions. He's literally faithful. He's the definition of faithful. It's the essence of who he is. And God doesn't just cease to be faithful because I was unfaithful. God is faithful. That's why we can trust him. Lamentations 3 verse 22 says, the Lord's loving kindness never cease. For his compassions never fail. For they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. He doesn't get tired of us. He doesn't say, oh man, yesterday you... Your behavior was so rough. I don't even know if I can be faithful to you today after how you acted yesterday. No, 
We wake up in the morning and the truth is that God pours out faithfulness all over again. It's as if yesterday never happened when it comes to our flaws and our mistakes. He is faithful to us with a fresh new slate every single day. And so if we're going to grow stronger in trust, we must press in to God's faithfulness. There's four truths that I wanna hit today to grow stronger in trust. The first one is this, we can trust God is faithful with the big things in our life. We can trust that God is faithful with the big things in our life. I alluded to it earlier, but in the beginning of May, I discovered that I had an issue with my left kidney. And all of my Google searches and WebMD kind of confirmed at the ER and they decided that this was serious. And so I was scheduled for surgery to, to address the concern. And then shortly after that first surgery, the doctor um, confirmed that the surgery was not successful. And so within a few days, I was right back into the same pain and lack of kidney function and things got pretty rough again. And so they scheduled me for a second surgery. This time is significantly more intensive and that was in July. About 10 days into my recovery, I went septic due to an undiagnosed internal infection. And I was back in the hospital and I was sicker than I had ever been in my entire life. And I laid there. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I had questions. I had doubts. I had fears. I had a lot of tears. It physically hurt to try to lift my Bible. And to take a breath to sing out a worship song, I I couldn't even get a breath deep enough to to have any air to, to sing a worship song. And in those moments, I didn't feel like I had that much going for me. I felt all alone. But I did have the faithfulness of a God who had never failed me, who had never abandoned me, and who had never refused to act according to my best interest. I had his goodness and I had God's mercy and I had a promise from his word that told me in spite of how I felt that he could and would not forsake me. And in those moments, I put my trust in God who is faithful and who's worthy of my confidence. And it wasn't easy. There were moments where I was rattled to my core, but that didn't ever make God abandon me. Even in spite of my own fears and my own insecurities and my own questions to God, he never went, well, because you seem like you're a little bit doubting in this moment. Now, now I'm going to abandon you. No, his faithfulness never changed through everything that I went through. God is faithful. And we can look at our lives and we can see those moments, those big moments where God came through for us in miraculous ways. And sometimes we can go, well, of course, God would be there for us in an emergency. In an emergency, if we cried out to him, then God would would listen. But what about the details, the little things, the daily stuff? Well, he's also faithful in the little things in our life. And that's the second truth this morning. We can trust that God is faithful in the little things in our lives. Sometimes people believe the myth that God is too busy running the universe. Like 
Like it's this whole massive universe, right? And the Milky Way is just one galaxy in the universe. And, and then our solar system, that's just one solar system. And then our planet's just one planet. And then North America is just only one continent. And then the United States is only one country and Colorado's only one state and Mesa County's only one county. So if there are 7 billion people on this planet, then how could God care about the details of my day or my situation? But the Bible says that he precisely does just that, that he deeply cares about the details of even one person. And, and to imagine that God is incapable of being aware of the details of our life is to imagine God significantly too small, significantly too small. Jesus tells us directly in Matthew 6, and this verse has Jesus speaking, and it says this, and why would you worry about your clothing Look at all the beautiful flowers of the field. They don't work or toil. And yet not even Solomon in all of his splendor was robes in beauty like one of these. And so if God clothed the meadow with hay, which is here for such a short time and then dried up and burned, wouldn't he also provide for you the clothes that you need? You of little faith. So then forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will you, we wear? It is beneath our status as sons and daughters of God, as sons and daughters of the king of the universe to think that our God wouldn't care about the basic needs and details of our life. The Bible says that, that he numbered the hairs on our head. He cares so deeply that he numbered the hairs on our head. I love my kids. They're great. But I have never even been tempted to sit there with a tweezers and number the hairs on their head. Never have I, while changing their seats, found a hair on a pillowcase and said, oh, that's number 7,412. I guess there might be a little bold spot right there. I, I never have numbered the hairs and I care deeply. And yet God had so much time to be concerned with numbering the hairs on our head how much more would he have time for the concerns that concern our hearts? I love my kids and I wanna hear the details of their day. When I pull into like the mom carpool line and I'm waiting like 45 minutes um, in the mom carpool line, maybe it just seems that way, I don't know. And the kids finally get in the car, right? I wanna know, what'd you do today? Who'd you eat lunch with? What did you guys talk about? Did you have fun today? What were, what were your thoughts and feelings? And what did your teacher say? I wanna know what happened and I wanna know how they responded to it because I care about the details of their lives. How much more would God care about the details of our lives, about the little things that happen? God has an infinite capacity for detail. He has so much more ability to be concerned and to listen and to remember these level of details. Why would he not care about the details, the small things and the little concerns of our heart? Matthew chapter seven in the Bible, Jesus is speaking again and he said, if you, imperfect as you are, know how to lovingly take care of your children and give to them what's best for them, how much more ready is your heavenly father to give you wonderful gifts to those who ask of them? How much more would our God give to us? 
if we would just ask him. So that second truth that God is with us in the details, we can trust him because he's aware of the details. I wanna revisit the concept of the elderly couple that's just in love and has been in love for years, faithful through the years. I found a story of a 96 year old man named Joe and he has been married to his wife for 73 years. Her name is Margaret. And a couple years ago, just before COVID kind of hit the country, Joe had to make a difficult decision to move Margaret into a care home. And just within a few days of that, COVID went crazy and they shut down the nursing home that Margaret moved into. And it was just, you know, two weeks to flatten the curve, right? And so two weeks to flatten the curve, Joe was like, okay, I won't, I won't see her for two weeks. That was the nursing home's policy. And so they went two weeks, the longest they'd ever gone being separated. And then two weeks turned into six weeks and then six weeks turned into six months. And finally a year passed and Joe became so desperate. He had not seen his wife of 73 years in an entire year. So this is what he did. He sold their home. He sold all of their possessions. And even though he didn't need to, he moved himself into the same care home where Margaret lived. He lived in a room by himself for two weeks because that was the requirement, the isolation period. And after two weeks, he was released from that room. And this is Joe seeing Margaret for the first time after a year. And that's God. He would move into the care home. He'd spend two weeks in isolation just to hug you. That's actually literally the gospel, right? God is in heaven in, in perfect in paradise in freedom and we're on earth and we're separated and kept apart by a disease called sin. And God can't get to us and we can't get to God unless God says, I will give up my freedom. I'll sell everything I own. I'll, I'll cash in all of my privileges here in heaven. I'll come off the throne and I will come and I will live here among you. That's literally the gospel. That's what Jesus did for us. He forsook heaven and he came to earth to pursue us, to find us, to, to hug us, to show that he cares, to prove that he is faithful. Joe did what Jesus did for us. 
And that's why we can trust him. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Understand therefore that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is faithful. He keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and he lavishes unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. Understand this, the Bible says. And the reason it says understand this is because there are many of us who don't really understand it. Or maybe we understand with our heads, but we don't understand with our hearts. We don't receive it. We don't believe it. We don't trust in his faithfulness. We, we can write it on a list. We can say it's a characteristic, but do we truly receive that it's how he would interact with us? That God is faithful. And that brings us to the third truth. We can trust that God does not lie about anything ever. God makes some huge promises in the Bible. He promises to be with us, Hebrews 13. He promises to love us, Jeremiah 31. He promises to protect us, Isaiah 41. He promises to provide for us, Matthew chapter six. And he is not overstating his case and he's not exaggerating his abilities at all. Years ago, I had this acquaintance come to me and he said, hey, I know you work with the teenagers and I think this guy really cared about teenagers as well. And so he said, I have a friend who can get us some go-karts for the kids. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And so we started thinking about it and we were like, we could set up a go-kart track in like the, the West parking lot. And so we started brainstorming. We could, we could set up this go-kart track and we could get these go-karts in and we could have the teenagers all come and invite their friends. And maybe they could bring friends that don't know Jesus and they could have a bunch of fun on the go-karts. We could let the kids do this for free. And then uh, maybe a bunch of them would listen to the gospel and maybe they would accept Jesus. And so we started brainstorming this and, and the guy, the acquaintance, he kept coming to me. He's like, I'm telling you, I can get those go-karts. You want those go-karts? I can get you those go-karts. And I got more and more tempted each time he approached me. Come on, I'll get you those go-karts. Kids would love those go-karts. And so finally we set up a date. I said, okay, I love it. We got a plan. Let's, let's bring in the go-karts. And so we picked a day. And seven days before that day, I got up in front of all of the teenagers and I said, guys, we're gonna have go-karts next week. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to invite everybody you know. I want you to talk about it big. I want you to bring all your friends that don't know Christ. Maybe they've had bad experiences in church, but bring them to church. They'll have a lot of fun. We'll teach them about Jesus. They'll ride some go-karts. It'll be great. The teenagers got really excited about it and we we printed up thousands of little flyers and they passed them out in their schools and they hung posters all around the community and the next day after I got the teenagers on board I, I called this acquaintance and I said hey you know we're set to go let's nail down these last few details and the guy ghosted me that's what the teenagers would say at least ghosted me like he just didn't answer the phone didn't call me back so I gave him a day and I called him again and he ghosted me again and again, and after a few days, I realized Guy didn't have the connection for the go-karts. Like, he, he wasn't gonna be able to come through. He overstated his case. And um, luckily, we were able to get the go-karts from another source, and lots of kids came, and lots of kids got saved. But, thank you, Jesus. It was a little sketchy. But here's, here's what I want you to grab onto. God doesn't ever do that. 
He never overstates his case and underdelivers. He never says, I'm gonna protect you, but then not protect us. He never says, I'm gonna come through for you, but then not come through. He never says, I'm gonna provide and then have an inability to provide. He never says, I'm gonna heal and can't do it. He never overpromises and underdelivers. And that is an important truth that we can cling to. The Bible says in Numbers 23, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind? Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? No. When God says he's going to do something, he does it every single time. And because of God's faithfulness, something should happen in our hearts. We should desire to be faithful back to God. Now, I don't want to ruin this for you, but let's imagine our friend, 96-year-old Joe, okay? So he sells the house. He moves into the care home. He does his two weeks of isolation. He rolls up in his wheelchair up onto Margaret's room, and there Margaret's sitting with Byron holding hands. <laughs> like, just no, right? Like, that cannot happen. We cannot allow Margaret to be unfaithful to Joe because Joe is so faithful to her. And because of Joe's faithfulness, we want like Margaret to naturally be faithful back to Joe because faithfulness calls to faithfulness. When we see faithfulness, we wanna respond with faithfulness. And so God is faithful to us. And so that brings us to our fourth truth. We can trust God and respond back to him in faithfulness. Because he's faithful, we can be faithful. Now, at first, we maybe have to choose that faithfulness. We choose to be loyal and kind to him. We choose not to cheat on God with the world. We choose to give God our best. We give our relationship with God a little bit more time. We show him our love. And at first, though, through these deliberate choices, but eventually it becomes a reflex response. Eventually, we don't even notice it. We become faithful to God, so confident in his faithfulness, so secure in his faithfulness to us. We actually, we stop wondering, we stop doubting, we just press in to that relationship with God because he's faithful. We become stronger in trust. There's an old hymn that's been sung for generations and it's great is thy faithfulness. And I think it's appropriate to stop and reflect about this song for a moment because our parents and our grandparents, for many of us have seen the faithfulness of God. And now we're seeing the faithfulness of God. And God's proven his faithfulness through the generations and he's proven his faithfulness to us through our lives. And so I've invited Amanda and Julie to sing this old hymn with us. And as we do, I want you to think through the faithfulness that God has shown you. Changes me. 
verse I read earlier talks about how God shows his faithfulness for a thousand generations. Because we respond to his faithfulness, he promises to be faithful, not just to us, but to our children and to our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren and our great-great-grandchildren and our great-great-great-grandchildren to a thousand generations. So I wanna challenge you this morning to think of those moments where God has shown himself faithful to you, to your family, to think of those times. Maybe it was the moment that he sought you out and revealed himself to you and showed you that he loved you and died on the cross for your sins. Maybe it was the day you were saved. Maybe it was the day that he came and filled you or healed you or came to your rescue. But we each have moments where God showed his faithfulness. And I want us to find those in our memory for just a moment, to hold on to them and to thank God for his faithfulness. God, we're so grateful that you come to our rescue and that you prove yourself faithful over and over again. And we can stand on that. We can stand on your promises, Lord. yourself faithful to us, that while we were still sinners, that you loved us enough to pursue us, to forsake the riches of heaven and move into the care home of earth. Thank you that you have been faithful to us through the generations and that you will continue to be faithful to all of our generations. We trust in that today and we thank you for growing our trust. Thank you for never failing us, never abandoning us, never letting us be disappointed in you. You always come through and we thank you in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, thank you, church family. Have a great week and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. 
If you have not made Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do this right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text us at heaven and 94,000 to get in contact with one of our staff where we can answer any questions that you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer requests by texting prayer support to 94,000 as well. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text Fellowship to 94,000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online.